I know, I know, I know. It's been too long since I released another episode. But welcome back to the DIY Narrator Podcast, the podcast that helps you, the instructional designer, produce more engaging e-learning narrations when you can't hire a professional narrator like me and you have to do it yourself. I'm Josh Risser, and like I just mentioned, I am a professional voiceover talent. So the last three or four weeks since the previously released episode has been kind of crazy with work and holidays, shortening the work weeks and then travel, and then the post-holiday work avalanche, which always seems to happen the first week, week and a half after the holiday season, because everything starts to slow down, getting into Christmas time, maybe between Christmas and New Year's, and then bam, there's an avalanche that shows up. Like everyone shows up and they have all these projects that they meant to get done in December or whatever. But I also spent some time in December thinking about where I wanted to take my DIY narrator project in the new year, rather than trying to come up with new episode ideas. Speaking of the new year, happy new year. It's 2019 if you're listening to this in the distant future, and I'm ready to get rolling again on a slight change to the DIY narrator podcast and also start focusing more on some other resources and ideas that I've wanted to put out for some time, but have been neglecting. Specifically, blog posts and videos of things that I can't effectively talk about on a podcast. Now, I do actually have a real episode planned for today, in it a short story about how I failed at an e-learning project recently. But before that, I want to chat a little bit about the future of DIY Narrator, because here's the thing. I didn't really start this podcast thinking it would be a never-ending podcast. In fact, I hesitated to call it a podcast when I first got going. I was calling it an audio series because initially, and maybe this was a self-fulfilling prophecy, I had intended the podcast to be somewhere around 15 to 20 episodes. Here we are on episode 19. And I wanted to base each episode on my original five foundations of narration that I discussed in episode zero. And as a quick refresher, the five foundations of narration are performance, environment, equipment, editing, and the script. And you can download a little handout over at DIYNarrator.com. Now, knowing I wasn't going to do interviews and that I plan to focus on elements of those five things that I could share effectively in the podcast format, I knew I'd start running out of really high-value, low-hanging fruit-type topics that were effectively delivered via this medium. Because, let's be honest, the podcast format is awesome for a number of things, but discussing how to use EQ or how to use compression and how compression works or anything like that is better done visually and with hands-on activities and feedback because the only way to learn how to use EQ is to mess with the EQ and hear how it sounds and then figure out what sounds better. You're all instructional designers. I don't have to tell you this. You know how it works. I can't effectively teach you how to drive a car in a podcast. If I want to do it effectively, I have to show you. I have to let you get behind the wheel, coach you through it, and let you learn by getting your hands dirty. All the while hoping that we don't run over some little old ladies in the crosswalks. But that's what's next for DIYNarrator.com and how I'm going to slightly change the format of the DIY Narrator podcast. I've talked to a number of you out there who have asked me questions that didn't really fit into the podcast format. You asked me for some one-on-one -on -one feedback on your performance or your audio quality. You've asked me things like, what's compression? How do I remove this background noise from my audio? 
What can I do to make this recording sound more clear? How do I save time in my editing? Do I need EQ? And for all of you who are interested, I want to help you ratchet up your e-learning narration and editing skills. So I'm going to put together what I'm calling the DIY Narrator Academy. It'll be located over at DIYNarrator.com in the near future. I haven't completely fleshed out the format yet, but I'm picturing more collaboration and one-on-one feedback on your narration skills, some actual hands-on editing tasks that you can learn from, as well as some videos and other articles to help you learn how to use your editing software better. Essentially, I want to take this width of knowledge that I've started to put out on a podcast and work to start digging deeper on some of the things that don't work in the podcast format. If this is something that interests you, go ahead and head over to DIYNarrator.com and sign up for the newsletter. As things are launched, I'm going to send out emails that let you know that there's something new on the site. You can also find me on LinkedIn or Twitter and follow me there, and I'll make sure that I announce new videos, new articles, and new things that I happen to come out with. Now about the future of the podcast. The podcast is going to shift a bit more into a commentary-style podcast. So often, I was trying to come up with content for an episode that was podcast-friendly and had some actionable elements and around 15 to 25 minutes. I still want to keep it podcast-friendly and actionable, but I'm going to throw the length requirement out the window. I don't care if it's 3 minutes or 30 minutes. I'm going to talk for however long it is that I have something to talk about. And I'm going to base it on something that I've been thinking about during that week or a previous week. There have been many times where I had a thought or some insight while I was recording a script that I tossed because I just didn't feel like it fit into the format or I couldn't get enough content out of it. Now, if I have an idea or an insight that I think will be valuable, I'm going to bring it to you without worrying about how long it is or how long the resulting episode will be or if it even fits with another thing that I want to talk about in the episode. So it might end up being a very short two to three minute episode about something as simple as a trick like counting a list on your fingers to make sure each element of the list sounds a bit different, which by the way is an excellent trick that I use every single day. For example, you might say something like, we sell chairs, tables, and beds. Just by counting out three elements on your fingers, chairs, tables, and beds, they sound slightly different without it sounding like you're trying to make them sound different. We sell chairs, tables, and beds. Like, that's... You try too hard to get sing-song. Anyway, anyway, that would be an episode example. Maybe not that short. So that's that. This episode, from this point forward, will be one of those musings on something that happened to me and how I hope it might help you. I want to tell you how I failed at a recent e-learning voiceover job and how you can learn from it an easy way to improve the effectiveness of your training narration. Because I failed because I didn't take the time to think about and understand who the training was for, and what they needed from me during the narration. Without actually giving the client away, this is one of the top quick service restaurants in the world. Most of you have probably eaten there. It's likely you've driven by one in the last month. They found me on my website. They were looking for new talent, and they sent me an email asking for an audition. This whole scenario is super rare. So rare, in fact, that I originally thought it was a scam. (laughs) So I bring this up because all of this makes it a little more cringeworthy. I sent them an audition. They liked it. A few weeks later, they sent me a script for a job. 
It was a big job for a big client and my first one for that big client who sought me out. All of which, like I said, makes it really, really cringeworthy. I want to be clear, I'd still stand by my performance and my audio quality and everything else that came along with it. It wasn't so much a failure in those type of areas. I mean, it was a performance issue, but not because the performance wasn't like good or effective. It just wasn't right for this project and this client. It was also a job with a really quick turnaround. They sent me the script near the end of the week before Thanksgiving. It was like Thursday before Thanksgiving or Friday before Thanksgiving. And they needed to get done quickly because they wanted to launch it the week after the holiday. So they only had a short week before they needed to launch it. The content was pretty straightforward. We were going over some new products and promotion, had a quick refresher on food safety, nothing really technical or difficult about the script. Maybe with a little bit of hubris, I was like, I'm going to knock this thing out, get it back to him real quick. And I skipped over one step that I always do for my new clients and new jobs that I haven't worked with before. If you were to hire me for an e-learning job, you send me a script. I'm going to record the first handful of files that you'll need because you usually need them broken up into files. You get to listen. You get to go, hey, you know, I like this, but can we add a little more energy? Or you're a little too energetic. We need to kind of dial it back. Whatever you might need. And then I'll send you another one and you'll go, this is what I need. And then I use that feedback to do the rest of the work. So it's exactly what you want, hopefully, when you get the whole file. I didn't do that this time. It was a big mistake. I also should have asked more questions about their employees and how they were going to be taking the training. So I delivered the files and I get an email from the client that says, Hey Josh, these sound good, but can we have a quick conversation on the phone? And I'm thinking maybe there's a problem with the files. Maybe they want to redirect me in a couple of spots and they just want to talk on the phone a little bit. So no big deal. We hop on a quick call and I begin to understand where I made a mistake. Because I didn't think about who the work was for. I was just thinking, oh, this is probably a younger crowd, so I'm going to be a little more energetic. I'm going to be a little more laid back in my pronunciations and conversational delivery style. But I still kept my pacing fairly deliberate. I wasn't really moving through it quick because I figured that this was important stuff. It was new product launches. It was follow-up on sanitation. Like, these things are very important. So I thought, maybe I need to make sure that they actually get it. So, you know, I was very deliberate, not slow, boring delivery, but I was pretty deliberate in the delivery speed. That is where I failed in understanding who it was for. The people this was for had already made these products before. These were relaunches. These products were coming back. They'd already had the sanitation training before. They also, in addition to the module I was creating for them, had another bit of training to do at the same time, and they were limited in the amount of time that they could get it done in. So I really could pick up the pace and let them know through my delivery that I knew that they probably knew this, but we needed to just get it out because it was important to the company to have a refresher on what it was we were talking about. I want to take a moment and thank my client because she was very generous in the way she was willing to have me fix the problem. She asked me, can you just speed up the playback? But I knew that I wasn't going to be happy with how that would turn out. And I also knew that deep down, she wasn't going to be happy with how that would turn out. But it was very generous of her 
to not ask necessarily for redoing the whole thing because both of us knew that that was the thing that needed to be done. So I did it the right way this time. I recorded a few sample files, sent it back, got her approval, and then re-recorded the whole thing and sent the whole thing back to her. And that time, it was what she was looking for. And I'm happy to say everyone's happy, including myself, because they've since come back for two other scripts that I've done for them, and then I've got another one coming at the end of this week. So everything is right with the world. Yeah, for the most part. My world, anyway. So that's my musing on understanding who it's for. Sometimes we get so caught up in the fact that we think we know what this should sound like, but we don't take into account what our learners are needing from the narration. Do they need it quick? Do they need to just get it done? Is this a refresher course? And should we respect their time and the fact that they already have this knowledge and maybe we're just reminding them of something that they already know and we need to let them know that we know that they already know this. And now for my 700th Friends reference in this 19-episode series. They don't know we know they know. And on that note, time to wrap it up. Thanks for waiting for this next episode of DIY Narrator. This has been episode 19, talking about how I failed by not understanding who's it for. Check out the show notes over at DIYNarrator.com slash 019. And like I said, be sure to subscribe to the newsletter there to make sure you get notified when I actually start releasing information about the DIY Narrator Academy. If you have things that you'd like to learn about your editing software, about narration skills, please reach out. Send me an email, host at DIYNarrator.com, or look for me on Twitter or LinkedIn. Should work just fine to search for Josh Risser. That's it for this week. I'll be back again next week. I promise. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.